Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to The Other 99, a podcast to equip the church for community, discipleship, and mission. Uh, we're your hosts. My name is Guy Wimberly. I'm Bethany McFarland. And I'm David Godbury. All right, y'all, welcome to another episode of The Other 99. We are continuing our interviews of laity and other such folks. Um, as you can tell, I am back, back again. Um, February was a very rough month for me, and uh, I spent most of it sick, but it's March now, and so I'm happy. Uh, tonight, we have as our special guest, du jour, as one might say. No one says that, actually, but I Doesn't just did. Doesn't du jour mean of the day? Yeah, special guest of the day. <laughs> I took French for, for some, some number of years. Yeah, I know that. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Anyways. I learned something new today. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You're done. You don't even have to do anything else tonight. You. You are perfect. <laughs> Anyways, so our special <laughs> guest today is none other than the one and only Guy Wimberly, our fearless producer of the Other Ninety Nine podcast, who deals with these antics and is going to have a fantastic time editing this intro. Uh, he is currently living up in uh, Wilmore, Kentucky, though he hails from Natchez. He is married to one Rebecca Wimberly, and they have no dogs and no cats with no names because they don't exist. What else do folks need to know about you, Guy? Yeah, um, I think you think you covered the high points. Um, I went to Mississippi State with with y'all two. Um, worked at a high school for four years, and and now in seminary at at Asbury in Kentucky. And um, really loving it. Really, really enjoying it. So getting I liked your, getting your MDiv uh, right, Master's of Divinity. Master's of Divinity. Um, so yeah, and. Uh, Going to plant a church in Hattiesburg when you get done. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Everything's on the table at this point. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's me. So, Guy, I know a number of times on this podcast you've talked about, especially over the past few years, you've been realizing more and more the struggle of perfectionism that you have. So can you take us a little bit deeper into how you realized all of that? Yeah, um... I've had perfectionism most of my life, um, but but I didn't realize it until maybe a few years ago. I, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and and in the midst of the conversation, he said, "I, I beat myself up so much that I don't even realize when I'm doing it." Um, and when he said that, it was like somebody turned the lights on. Um, I, I was seeing myself for the first time. I, I was seeing this problem that that I had had for most of my life. I, I had been beating up my, myself up so much um, that I didn't even realize when I was doing it. Um, perfectionism looks different on different people. Um, so there, there are two main types of perfectionism. The the first type is is probably usually what we think of when we talk about perfectionism. Um, it's type A. Everything's color coordinated. Feel this almost constant drive to achieve and perform. Um, if you know me, you know that's not me. Um, <laughs> my 
my my style of perfectionism it's it's almost like i'm criticizing every action i make um I, I can't turn it off i'm super critical of myself hold ridiculously high expectations for myself i, I don't take failure well and and honestly i didn't really identify all that as a problem in, until a couple of years ago um Looking back, I, I think I assumed that everyone else had the same standards. That they were just better at meeting them than I was. Um, and, and hearing this guy say that, I, I beat myself up so much I don't even realize when I'm doing it. I, I saw myself in that. I saw that it was a problem. I, I saw that that life wasn't meant to look like that um, for me, for anybody. Um, and I saw that I was holding myself up to standards that were unreasonable and unhealthy, um, for me. So, so where are some examples of, of how this perfectionism has, has kind of manifested itself in, in various aspects of your life and, and affected it, it, it either positively, probably not positively, but, uh, negatively in, in any way? Yeah. Um, so so just looking back, I think two examples stand out in my mind, and these were two, two seasons where I think perfectionism was most obvious in my life. Um, the first one happened during my sophomore year of college. I'd, I'd had some pretty overt experiences with perfectionism up to that point. Um, like, like this one time I, in high school, I figured out um, – what scores I needed to make on all my tests to maintain an A in chemistry. Um, and I think on one test, I missed it by like a point and I was wrecked. Um, like my whole life rode on <laughs> me getting that A. Um, but um, sophomore year of college was when perfectionism really started to take hold in my life, I think, in, in a really serious way. I that year, I signed up for, for three different leadership positions. Um, I was a worship leader at Wesley Foundation. Um, I was a small group leader at a local church, and I was leading a, a freshman Bible study at another campus ministry. All of those um, took a whole lot of time. Um, that same semester, I was um, so I was a math major. That same semester, I was taking Cal 3 Physics 2 Linear Algebra which are like some of the hardest classes in that major um, until advanced Cal 1 and 2, right, Bethany? <laughs> and then your whole perspective <laughs> changed. But I think right. it was that semester that we met, so it wasn't all terrible, right? Right. No, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> all bad. Um, but, you know, perfectionism is all about um, achievement at whatever costs and and it's either like i said earlier there's there's sort of the perfectionism that's like drivenness and can't stop um and i've probably got some shades of that but but for me perfectionism was um just thinking that i had to put myself through the ringer to do all that like deriving my worth from those things um the problem is that when you when you heap that amount of stuff on yourself, you you don't achieve like you set out to. Um, no human being can do do all that at once. So I I signed up for for those three leadership positions, and pretty much point by point, each one, um, I was just bombing out in each of them. If I had done one um, one of those, I, I could have had enough time to really devote to it and, and do it well. Um, but pretty much every single one I, I did poorly um, in some way. Um, I was just convinced that I, I had to do all those things. And then um, with classes, I, I skipped a lot. Um, um, I would run late on homework. I... Um, I just, you know, uh, again, I, I was, the classes I really couldn't control, like those were just the classes that I had to take that semester, but um, I just, it was just a constant cycle of sort of ramp myself up to do sort of this, this big thing, dis, uh, fail at it, despair, ramp myself up to do this big thing, and just on and on it went. Um 
a more recent example came from um, when I was teaching. Um, I haven't talked a whole lot of this, about this on the podcast, um, but but teaching was really tough for me, um, and a lot of that came out of sort of my perfectionism and my um, sort of unhealthy expectations of myself. Uh, early on, I, I thought everything that went wrong uh, was my fault. Um, including bad behavior on the part of the students. Kids get bad grades, my fault. Rampant cheating, my fault. Students choosing not to do their work, my fault. Um, on top of all that, I, I had super high expectations for what I was going to be able to accomplish uh, in my teaching career. If if you talked to me at all uh, while I was in college about what I wanted to do when I graduated, I'd, I'd probably be telling you straight up that I was going to go back and fix my old high school. I remember um, having this conversation with you multiple mm-hmm. times in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, it, it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have happened, um, even if that hadn't have been my goal. That, that's just no one person could do all that. Um, and I, I beat myself up for not achieving it, and, and I'm still wrestling with some of that. Um, with, with thinking that those years were a failure. Um, but, but just realizing that the problem wasn't what came out of it. Like what came out of it was still good. The problem was that I brought unhealthy expectations into it. Um, expectations that were way too high, um, and absurd, um, absurdly high, um, that, that were just impossible to fulfill. I, there were a couple of years where right before class uh, would start back in, uh, up in August, I'd watch Stand and Deliver uh, to pump myself up. I, I, I really <laughs> thought like, I really thought like, you know, okay, if I try really hard, like this can be me. I, I can do this. Um, and didn't. Um, and and I really thought that was that was me. Um, that was failing there. Um, on top of that, the, there was a lot of um, comparing myself to others, and and I think for me, I don't know about for other people, but this goes hand in hand with perfectionism. I I would walk by other people's classrooms, and I'd see them. Um, and granted, you can't when you go by people's classrooms, you you can't hear what's going on. So this is all like outside looking in, grass is greener on the other side, type of thing. Um, but I would walk by people's classrooms, see them. Um, teaching, see maybe students behaving for the five seconds that I walked by their class and would just assume like, man, like they're killing it. And I'm just bombing over here. Um, and, and I mean, walking by people's classrooms was almost like putting on a perfectionism clinic. Um, I mean, it was just constant, um, beating up my, beating up on myself and, and comparing myself to others. And, uh, and another thing that happened there, uh, perfectionism really feeds into workaholism. I think they, they often can go hand in hand, or at least they, they've gone hand in hand in my life. Um, my, my first year teaching, I'd, I'd get to school at maybe seven in the morning. Um, school didn't start till eight twenty. Uh, teachers didn't have to be there till, till maybe seven forty-five. I did there at seven, um, and I wouldn't leave till maybe six in the afternoon. That was that was normal. My, my first year of teaching, and and then days days when I showed up at at seven thirty or, or seven forty instead of seven, um, I'd beat myself up about it. That there was no reason I had my had to put myself through that. It, except that I thought I'd be a I'd be a bad teacher if I didn't work in that kind of schedule. If um, I took one hour off, you know, and left at five. Um, the other thing worth mentioning, kind of along those same lines, thinking about workaholism. Um, the second year I taught, I, I had a pretty big tragedy um, occur in my life. I, I got the news about it on, on a Sunday, um, and the next day, Monday, I was, I was right back at work. Um, this this thing took a big toll on my life. Um, I, I did not need to be at work that day, uh, maybe even that whole week. Um, but I couldn't let myself take a break because that, that, that is not, um, 
because I wasn't worth taking a break or um, I wasn't worth um, giving myself that sign, that kind of self-care um, that I needed in that moment. Um, I went right back to work. Um, I really appreciate you sharing a little bit about how perfectionism has manifested in your own life. And I think that's really important for our listeners to hear that it does look different for each person. And just because you're not the crazy color coded spreadsheets for everything person, like I tend to be at times, it doesn't mean that it's any less of a struggle for for a long long time i thought i wasn't a perfectionism because i wasn't like it wasn't a perfectionist because i wasn't like that um and and so knowing that there were these other ways of being perfectionist and and forget about the name just other ways of being unhealthy um Mm -hmm. and and knowing that was really helpful for me so we've talked a whole lot about where these different aspects of of um of perfectionism have have bubbled to the surface in in your life but but i know just from conversations with you you've you've dug into this to kind of see where all of this is coming from and i was i was wondering kind of what what does that process look like where did you dig down to find this root and once you've found where all this is rooted down to how are you seeing healing by exposing the root and getting going forward into what's beyond what's going what what's ahead so the the first step was recognizing that it was a the first step for for healing was recognizing that it was a problem for me um hearing that guy describe his perfectionism uh, i was beating myself up so much I, I don't even realize that i'm doing it that changed the way i saw myself I, I did not see how big of an issue it was for me until then and that really was the first step just recognizing that it was a problem the next step was was really getting to the roots behind my perfectionism. I, I started going to see a counselor, uh, and, and really, I, I think everybody should should go and see a counselor. Counseling has kind of gotten to become a, a four letter word, like one of those unmentionable closet things, and 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 that's not healthy. I, nope. I don't think. Um, so. Right, yeah, that's 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 like page two of the Bible. Um, it, it's not a secret. <laughs> yeah, so talking with a counselor helped me do really two big things. First, I saw the roots behind my perfectionism. Uh, something like this doesn't start in a vacuum. It's it's learned. And learning what those roots were, where the problem came from, that that led to the second big thing, which was seeing the lies that perfectionism was built on. Uh, I, I can't speak to all emotional health issues, um, but but definitely addiction um, and perfectionism both have a, a handful of core beliefs that those problems are built on. I am a perfectionist because I believe certain things to be true that are not true. They're lies. And again, they're, they're lies that are learned, whether they're lies from the enemy or our parents or mentors uh, or some combination of all of those things. Growth for me has really happened as I've come to see those lies um, exposed for what they are. Um, so probably the, the biggest lies I believed and, and that I still believe on my bad days uh, had to do with my performance um, or my position with other people. So um, I'm only good as the work that I produce, um, kind of a you are what you do type thinking. That's why my world ended when I thought I was going to get a B in chemistry. Um that's why I signed up for three different leadership positions in one of my hardest semesters in college, because I thought I was only as good as the work I produced. I, I th- that's why I showed up um, at seven in the morning to go to, to go to work and didn't leave until six o'clock at night, um, because that's where I thought my value came from. Um, 
and along the same same lines, um, if somebody is better than me at something, that means I'm a failure. So I would um, I talked to earlier about how I would you know walk by classrooms and and see the teachers, uh, the other teachers at my school in action, and I think you know, man, I'm not as good at them. That means I'm like not just they're better than me, but I'm like at the bottom because I'm not as good at them as them. The first step was recognizing that it was a problem, but but just recognizing it's a problem doesn't solve the problem. Um, and, and second step was finding out what led to the problem, but but even that doesn't solve the problem. Uh, ultimately, what I needed was was almost a rewiring. Uh, Paul, I think Paul calls it in Romans twelve a renewing of my mind. Um, and, and a big part of that um, is exposing those lies in the light of, of the truth of the gospel. Now, there, there's a way of saying that that I think is really harmful, and I really want to take some time to, to talk about this because to, to some extent, I, I, think I, be, I think I learned perfectionism in the church. Um, the, the gospel is not a quick-fit solution. And, and when we treat it like that, I think we can add to people's perfectionism or, or even other um, emotional health issues. Um, saying, if you're a perfectionist, just believe the gospel to someone who is a perfectionist and already believe the gospel puts them in a position where, where now they're being perfectionist about their acceptance of the gospel oh, I just didn't get it last time, and now I'm beating myself up for, for not getting it last time. I, I don't think the gospel is something we hear one time, completely understand it and all its implications in our lives, um, and never have a problem again after that. That's why we have means of grace. So we can come, they're not just disciplines, they're, they're means of grace. They're places where Christ comes and meets us. Um, places like prayer, scripture reading, communion, the, the church community. We have those things so Christ can meet us and, and remind us of his love for us. So that would be transformed even more to be like him. We're in the season, perfect example, we're in the season of Lent right now. Lent is all about recognizing, taking time to recognize how desperately we need Jesus. Why, we, why would we enter into a season like Lent every year, be reminded of our deep need of Jesus for 40 days every year, if once we believe the gospel, we'd never have a problem again? We have Lent <laughs> because that's always true. I need Jesus every year around this time. And we have the spiritual disciplines. We have the means of grace hopefully being practiced every day, every hour, um, a lifestyle of means of grace, because that's how often I need to be reminded of my need for it and that Christ gives it in abundance. Our, our church practices are built around giving us space to deal with, with the junk that just continues in our lives. And, and that's not to discredit the, the kind of radical change we should expect in the life of a new believer. But, but for too long, I think we've shamed people for continuing in their, to struggle in their discipleship after they come to faith. Uh, um, the disciples spent three years with Jesus and we're still having trouble. And even after Pentecost, Paul still had to call Peter out for shaming the Gentiles. I think we need to leave more room for, for struggling after, after belief. And, and just recognize that the problem of the, the promise of the gospel is that we can't out God's grace while we were still in our sin, while we were still screwing up, Jesus came and died for us. But but salvation isn't a transaction where, where we get Christ's benefits for mere belief in that truth. It's 
we, we can't outsend God's grace. We get to live into that, but, but we don't outgrow God's grace either. And I think that's the challenge to perfectionism, both that, that Christ still calls me a loved son, even after a failure, even after a mistake, even when I show up late to work. Um, God still calls me a loved son. But not only that, in the places that I still fall short, God is ready to, to be there, to, to help me, to aid me in going deeper in my relationship with him. His arms are still open. And the whole Christian life is, is really a deeper walk into that reality. What are some ways that you have found that have helped you grow in this keeping your perfectionism in its place? Sabbath is a big one. Um, Sabbath, I heard somebody at the seminary this week say that um, Sabbath is the first promise of the gospel um, in the Bible because, um, so if you look back at the creation story, um, people are created on day six of creation. The very next day is Sabbath. Um, so like their first day on earth is a day where they just get to enjoy and rest in the creation that God has made. Um, Sabbath is all about, um, taking out time to recognize that, um, life is bigger than what you were able to achieve. Um, taking time out to realize that life doesn't depend on what you're able to achieve. Um, and, and for perfectionists, especially and and perfectionism and workaholism go hand in hand. Um, so for perfectionists, workaholics, whatever, um, Sabbath is going to be hard. Uh, if, if Sabbath is not something that you've made a habit of Sabbath is going to be very hard starting off um, because it goes completely against your your MO um, and the for probably the first year that I did Sabbath um, I I was miserable maybe not the first year maybe the first couple months um, or first six months but it was tough um, but as you do it then that that's the that's the beauty of of the spiritual disciplines is that you don't have to get it right the first time. That's not the point of the spiritual disciplines. I think we make that the point of the spiritual disciplines, but the point of the spiritual disciplines isn't to get it right. It's to, it's to let God meet you in that. Um, and over time, God met me in Sabbath. Yeah. I know Sabbath is something that all three of us, we've talked about a good bit we actually did an episode about um episode 17 we did an interview with will rambo because he's got a lot more experience with sabbath than any of the three of us do so listeners i'd encourage you to go back and revisit that episode there was just a lot of practical here's how sabbath can look in your life it doesn't have to be cookie cutter one size fits all and i know for me one of the biggest takeaways was sabbath doesn't have to be sitting around doing nothing like you're actively doing something that brings you joy and you feel rest in that that's okay and guy like I haven't heard this from your mouth but just knowing you I can imagine that might have been some of your struggle early on just feeling like if you're doing things you're working towards something and that's not rest yeah so so some things I do again I'm still a perfectionist um this that this didn't go away a couple years ago when I realized this like I I still beat myself up I still have these moments um one of the big things is um self-affirmation um one of my counselors suggested uh going through the the love chapter in first corinthians and usually when we talked about the love chapter, we talked about, you know, like, okay, every time you see the word love, put your name in there and see how much you fall short. Um, you know, so guy is patient, guy is kind, ha, 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 guy is not patient or kind. Like, that's why we need Jesus. Um, but my, my counselor actually suggested, um, and I believe all that's true, but my, my, 
And my counselor suggested um, going through and finding phrases that, that did describe me. Guy is patient, guy is kind, and saying those things to myself in the mirror. Um, another way of doing self affirmations that I've heard from scripture, um, another shout out to Will Rambo. Um, one of his favorite passages is, is Mark 1 9 to 11, um, which says, At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of, uh, coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Um, and and Will, Will makes the point that Mark's gospel, this is the first time we see Jesus. Jesus hasn't performed a miracle. He hasn't taught anybody anything. He hasn't called any disciples. Um this is the first time we see Jesus. He's lived 30 years of, of obscurity in the backwaters of the Roman Empire. Um, and yet, God at his baptism says of him what is said over us at our baptism. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. You are my son. You are my daughter whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And that is not conditioned on past performance. That is not conditioned on position or or power. That's conditioned just on the fact that you exist. Um and really even more so uh, on the fact that God exists and that it's God who's saying that about you and over you. Um, and so Will, and I've done this too, Will Will says this, says those three verses, um, and maybe just the you are my son part, you are my son whom I love with you, I am well pleased. He says that um, before he puts his feet on the floor in the morning. Um just to remind himself um, where his validation comes from. Um, and, and, and that similar practice is, is something I've done. A- another thing I've done, um, and this was more just to, I think, kind of get in my head, um, rather than focusing on just the negatives, because beating yourself up a lot, I mean, that's just, constantly focusing on the negatives um, of your life, right? And and maybe even going so far as to say that all the negatives are your fault. Something that really helped me was um, list, making a list of gratitudes every morning. I would I would just list things that I, w- I was thankful for. And, and, and they weren't, I'd do about 10, I think, and, and they weren't necessarily big things. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't always family. Um, or, um, you know, um, my job, it was, um, getting to drink coffee in the morning, having a quiet space in the morning. Um, my pajamas, I really liked my pajamas. Um, you know, if, if I'd had a a fun night out the, the, the previous night with, with some friends or family, I'd write that down. Um, and what I noticed was that when I when I came home from work, I started this when I was still teaching. When I came home from work, I wasn't focused on um, the bad classes and, and what I could have done to have made them better or to improve them. Um, it, it was training me to, to look for things to be grateful for throughout the day. Um, and, and so that really helped me. Um, so, so those, those three big things, and, and I'm sure there are others, um, I, I, I read, uh, a good bit about perfectionism, or at least I try to, um, community is a big thing. Uh, this is not something we can do alone. And so, um, being a part of a small group or, um, um, 
you know, having good friends by you, um, who, who know you and know your story and being able to tell them, um, what you're thinking and feeling and having them be able to, to come right back at you say, and say, you know, that's a lie. Um, that does not determine your worth. This determines your worth and, and pointing back to, um, the gospel and, and God's unending, um, unconditional love for for you being part of community is huge this is not something we can do on our own part of the reason we're we're perfectionists in the first place is because we've been listening to the voices inside our head too much um, and we need to take those voices outside and and have other people speak against them and, and speak love to us and over us all right, guys, thank you so much for sharing a bit of your story um, and and letting those of, of us that are listening that, that might be dealing with uh, perfectionism or, or some something in that arena that, that they're not alone and that there is growth and healing to come out of that. And uh, thank you so much for, for doing that tonight. Um, but you know what time it is. <laughs> what time is that? Oh, oh, you know what time it is. Do we? <laughs> it is time for... <coughs> I'm still not completely over my call. My call uh, yeah, I hear that. Uh, anyways, it is time for Reco. Reco. Mendation, <laughs> it's hot up here, guys. I am sweating, and that did not make that any better. So, Guy, what is your? Actually, you've been talking a long time. So, Bethany, what's your recommendation? In lieu of what Guy has been saying, I'm just gonna call it what it is and not beat myself up over it. There you, go. there you go application guys that's what it looks yeah. like i could scramble for something but i'm just gonna be honest with you guys instead i'm ill prepared for this and that's that's <laughs> the way it is so that's, that's okay uh because i have two recommendations because like i said i've been sick for the better part of a month so i had time on my hands um the first recommendation that i have uh, actually goes with last episode where we interviewed Robert Carnes uh, about his new book called The Original Storyteller. Um, a devote and it's a it's a devotional centered around uh, improving our storytelling so that we can be able to tell our stories better, more clearly, and be able to reach people more easily with them. Highly recommend that, but that's not my recommendation because that was done last week. Uh, Mine (laughs) is a book called Inmate 46857. And it's written by a man named Eddie Charles Spencer. He is from here in Mississippi. He works in Jackson with some ministries up there that I believe Christ... Uh, UMC and Galloway UMC are a part of up there with some homeless ministry. But Inmate 46857 is his story of how he came to Christ. He he was uh, locked up in Parchman Penitentiary, which is the state pen here in Mississippi, uh, for attempted mur- murder. And it tells his story of, of, of his time in there and how through prison ministry he he was brought to Christ, and now he works in ministry. Um, his story is really incredible. It, at one point in prison, he's sitting there contemplating how to murder two guys because he wants to up his cred. And, and now he's an incredible witness for the gospel. Um, and so that book is literally him just telling his story. And so I thought it went, went, went well. Um, with uh, an episode on telling stories, telling our stories. Uh, the one that I have for tonight, though, um, is a book called Forget Self-Help. It's written by uh, 
a guy named Thomas Fellows. He was one of my classmates in high school. Um, he wrote this book after dealing with a struggling with with depression for a, a significant um, part of his life, and and through his digging into into his depression and and, and getting down to the root root of it, where he found. Uh, the answer isn't the right word, but but where where he found the way forward was in looking at the golden rule, or, or what we what we have referred to numerous times as uh, love neighbor and love God. Um, it's also sometimes put as love love your neighbor as yourself, or do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But but his whole premise of the book is, is is he goes through different historical figures lives and in literary figures lives and looks at how um, helping others is the best form of of um, healing and and growth uh, and joy for yourself um, so highly recommend that book it's a very easy read it's very short uh, I'm still working on it, and I have been for over a month, but don't let that scare you off. It really is a short, easy read. I'm just a very slow reader. Uh, so those are my two for for this episode. Awesome. Um, mine this week, um, so I feel like everybody um, and their grandmother has been sort of uh, – exploring the Enneagram lately. Um, <laughs> and, um, yep. There, there's a, there's a band, um, might just be a guy who like has a name, like a, like a band, like five for fighting was just one dude, but he called himself five for fighting sleeping at last. <laughs> um, and they're, uh, every month, um, for the past three months, um, they've been putting out a song that goes with one of the Enneagram types um and last month back in february they put out one for the enneagram type three um but um this i'm not a three um and i don't think this song is just for threes or just about threes i I think it's a song about perfectionism um and i broke down crying listening to it and and there's one lyric in particular that that i still um that, that, that still kind of breaks me apart. <laughs> um, it's, it's just really good. And, and I think, you know, the, the beauty of music and the be- beauty of poetry is that um, we've got these guys who spend their whole lives thinking of really descriptive ways of um, talking about what, what all of us are going through and dealing with. And um, this is a, it's a really great song and, and it's a really great, um, it, it gave me words to describe what what my life has been like. Uh, so sleeping at last, the song um, is Atlas, like the guy who holds up the world, colon three, the number three. Um, so that's uh, that's my recommendation. All right, y'all. So before we close out this episode, we have some kind of big news. Um, we are recording three more episodes after this one before we end the podcast as it stands right now as an every other week dropping an episode format. Um, now, our li- we've been doing this for ooh, about a year and a half. By the time that we finish the last episode yeah, drops, it'll be right at about a year and a half. And our lives have changed dramatically i have a kid (laughs) guys in a different state uh bethany has moved and like remodeled three quarters of her house um and not to mention churches changed churches and all kinds of communities and all that kind of stuff yeah it's been a lot for all of us we've been we've been having conversations uh, amongst ourselves about about the importance of emotional, spiritual, physical health 
and all that kind of stuff. And we, we decided that there are a lot of good conversations that we have had, and there are more conversations to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at, at this point, um, it, it, we just need to step back um, and, and be able to, to plug in more deeply into the community that's around us right now um, to be able to, to pour into those, those next to us, our, our, our neighbors right here. Um, and, uh, like I said, um, it's, it's, it's the end of the uh, every other week podcast. That doesn't mean that the other 99 podcast is going away forever. We've talked about a couple of ideas of, of some possible series, uh, or a little like, um, many spurts of episodes uh, here and there in the future. Um, but, but those are uh, TBD. Um, mm-hmm. And who knows, we mm-hmm. may get to a point again in the future where things look different for us and we revisit the every other week idea. We've just mm-hmm. all collectively decided. It's been really interesting how it's all happened because each one of us came to this conclusion separately. Mm-hmm. And, and for mm-hmm. three different reasons. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like not just because our lives are crazy, but... It's been very clear that, like, the Lord has placed on each of our hearts, like, this is a great thing, Mm -hmm. but even great things deserve times of rest. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's what this is for us. It's a time of rest. It's a time to soak in what has been done and to prepare for what can be done in the future. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is not goodbye forever, but (laughs) it's taking a pause to reflect and refocus. Yeah. And we've got, we've got three more episodes, um, before we wrap up. So I'm sure we'll, we'll say more kind of to this point in in between now and then, but, um, this, this really has been a a whole lot of fun and, and it's been, um, I think it's been life giving for, for the three of us, uh, in in a lot of, a lot of good ways. And, and this has been you like, podcast you just put it up on the internet and see where it goes and it's been used um in some cool ways uh by some people who've who've really um who've really latched on to it uh my, uh my father-in-law and, and kind of a mentor to all three of us um is the campus director uh campus minister at, at uh wesley foundation at state and we know of a group there that's um that's that's used some of our podcasts um as their curriculum as their small group <laughs> curriculum which is just baffling yeah um, all of but... us are still really confused about that but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> we hope it went well yeah uh, <laughs> we didn't hear otherwise so <laughs> that's true that's true but um you know this is we're we're glad that you know if anybody found it um, and, and was able to get something from it, um, I think we wanted to put out something that that would have benefited us um, years ago. And if, mm-hmm. if that's been that for for you, we're we're really um, we're really happy for that and happy to be a part of that. True, even benefiting us now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> putting yeah, this together sure. has been such a great learning experience for all of us. It's mm-hmm. helped me out tremendously. I. I've I've had um, like especially the last year when we did the spiritual gifts, and we're probably gonna get more. In <laughs> we're probably in gonna this. cut most of this conversation yeah. to save it for our farewell episode. True, yeah. Uh, <laughs> most, of, but like it, th- this has been an incredible opportunity, and I'm I'm excited to see where it continues to go. Um, what what happens in the future? Uh, whether with us or if somebody else takes up the mantle and and mm-hmm. starts uh, starts starts a laity podcast um, or or something else, some other sort of resource, uh, soups excited. <laughs> I know, I know that this isn't done. Yeah, yeah. So and there's that. With that, <laughs> with that truth bomb dropped. Uh, so as we said we still have three more episodes after this one airs um so let me start over (sighs) 
So as we said, we still have three more episodes after this one airs, and this is episode, what, 40? So we've got plenty of backlog. So if you do like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe, wherever it is you get your podcast. Helps us get in front of more people. We're really proud of what we've done, not in a boastful way, but we think the Lord's worked through it in some great ways and want that to get in front of as many people who may need it as possible. So rate, review, subscribe helps get us out there. Also, you can find us on all the social medias. We are on Instagram and Twitter at the other 99 pod Facebook. We have a Facebook group, which is the other 99 podcast community and a Facebook page, the other 99 podcast. And as we said, we don't know what the future of this looks like. So if you have ideas, if you want to participate um, or if you have people who, hey, when the time's right, you should talk to them, please email us the other 99 podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. So I think I got all of them. I think you did. I think I got all of them yeah, like in taking, one breath. So, so I've taken like what thirty nine, forty episodes, whatever we're hey. on. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We're not getting into that. We're just. If if if, <laughs> if you notice, Bethany has done probably the last twenty episodes <laughs> because Guy and I just got lost, and she's the only one that can track with everything. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's our show. Yeah. Thanks for tuning mm-hmm. in. <laughs> See yeah. y'all again in two weeks. Bye. Oh man. All right, got more hit stop. Okay, never mind. Let me be Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.